It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bolle. As always, the All-Star break is officially over. The Avs are back. Unfortunately, wins are not back on the menu for the Avs quite yet. They lose 2-1 to in overtime to the Pittsburgh Penguins in a game that feels incredibly frustrating because they should have won it. We're going to break down all of that and more with the Penguins in just a little bit. But first, a very special guest joined us for today on this episode. Evan Rowell of Colorado Hockey now is kind enough to join us, grace us with his time and talk a lot of abs, how he's seen the season so far, what he thinks is going to happen the rest of the season, all the good stuff, trade deadline, What's the most important thing for the Avs? Who's the biggest threat to the Avs in the West? Where are they going to finish? His concerns with the team, what he thinks are the strengths with this team, all stuff from Bo Byram's contract to everything. So again, thank you so much to Evan for coming on. Uh, We're going to be talking more about the Penguins game after our talk with Evan. It's about 40-ish minutes or so. So if you're looking for that, stick around right until the end. And we will talk to you guys then. But enjoy our talk with Evan, and we will talk penguins and that very fun and frustrating game very shortly all right and we are joined by evan rowell of colorado hockey now lead reporter evan thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and how's the new role been how's the transition been it's been good it's been a a lot first month but it's nice nice to fully i guess dive in (laughs) i love it i love it i i gotta start this off um, I, I wanted to ask you this because I'm kind of a fan of a uh, defenseman who is a little uh, underrated. What, what's your fascination or what, what made you fall in love with Nikita Zadorov? <laughs> um, it was mostly his personality, to be honest, because, I mean, on the ice, he's he's hit and miss yeah. um, quite literally. He's he's a little all over the place. He's actually done really well in Calgary, yeah. which is kind of nice to see. But it was mostly his personality and. I mean, he was he was a part of that time where it's mostly hope, where they traded him and traded for him, and it was like, okay, we're putting a lot behind this guy. And I don't know. I still always thought he was better than some people, but I recognize the flaws, and I think he's just a very unique player, and that probably is what I enjoy. Yeah, about I him. 
my favorite memory of him, I think it was game three against Calgary back in that playoff series where he just went off the ice and went that full gladiator yeah. moment. That was, that was my favorite moment for him. But um, I am a huge, huge fan of Curtis McDermott. Uh, I realize that he is um, not the best hockey player, but he is so. just so funny to watch on the ice. And I just think he's so great. Have you had chances to interact with him? Is he as cool as he seems off the ice? Um, he's pretty quiet, actually. I talked oh, to him before damn. the break. He's pretty, he's pretty chill, pretty relaxed. He's not like, yeah, he's not like a super goofy guy. He's a hard damn. worker. He was here the entire break working with Byram. So, um, it's, you know, he's obviously, I think he knows he's probably not the best, but I do think from when he got here last year, he has improved a, a good bit. Yeah. He is. He's, staff. He, He's just so great to me, and I love the fact that he's a hard worker. And uh, we we joked on the show when he first came, like, why is this guy here? And then I just realized, I'm like, I'm going to full dive into just <laughs> supporting this guy and leading the Army. I think if if we have dream guests for this show, that's like the number one for me. Uh, I doubt it'll ever happen, but he is he is just one of my favorite players. So I, that's good to hear that. Uh, I, I guess not great to hear that he's super quiet because now he'll – there's no chance he's coming off. But, uh, well, uh, I mean, a lot of the guys are quiet around us. Like, Comfort yeah. is super, like, I mean, he, he's very standard answers. But I think when we're not around, they're very different people. Yeah, probably. Probably. But awesome, man. Uh, th- I had to get that out of the way first to start. But I, I know yeah. Griffin actually has a list of questions to start on. So I'll let huh? him go from there. Okay. <laughs> no, we, we appreciate it, Christian. We love talking about Curtis McDermott whenever we like <laughs> Are you getting oh, sick of it? No, oh no, never. I did. I I did not mean that to come off as sarcastic. <laughs> that did, but uh, right now the Avalanche were a day removed from a two to one overtime loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Dallas Stars win in a shootout over the Ducks and are currently up three to nothing, extending that lead to about ten points in the West. Evan, do you think it's still realistic for the Avs to have the hope of winning the Western Conference this season and ultimately catching the Stars? Uh. No, I would say not, but I mean, nothing's impossible, but I, I'm not sure it's realistic. Uh, I think that you just, you just kind of got to focus on what, what you can. And at this point, they've got to just focus on being consistent and just picking up as many points as they can because Dallas has been pretty consistent all year long. Um, that's going to be – and you have to leap over, what, three teams now just to right. get there. So um, I, I think that's a, that's a tough ask to – jump that far in such a short amount of time um especially when you know this team hasn't really you know i guess they were hitting their stride before the break and they did play really well last night for the most part i thought so it's just a matter of finding that consistency but i think more realistic goals i think maybe second place or i mean just getting into that top three in the division i think would be good yeah, that's generally something that we've talked about over the last little bit is it would certainly be nice to to win about 25 of your last 34 games, finish at around 106 points, catch Dallas, have home ice. But realistically, Winnipeg is probably a better target at floor. You want to at least be above Minnesota and get into that that top three in the central like you were talking about. And I suppose on that same topic, outside of staying healthy, how are the Avalanche or what is the most important thing for the Avalanche to keep doing during this home stretch of the season as it gets down to the wire? Um, outside of staying healthy, I mean, we were talking about it before, but they just they have to finish. Like they have talent, they have guys that can score, but you know, Logan O'Connor's playing great, but what he hasn't scored in what, forty games? Like, you know, you have guys that are going through some slumps here and there, but 
it's just a matter of finishing because I think we saw defensively last night through two periods, they were dominant. Like Pittsburgh had nothing to go in. So if they keep playing that way with Byron back, Manson will come back pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. Um, defensively, they're going to be fine. It's just a matter of, you know, getting some goal scoring and they'll be good because goaltending has been pretty consistent for the most oh, yeah. part all year long. Has that has the goaltending been the biggest surprise for you this season uh, when you look at the abs or is there another player you're kind of looking at like, I did not expect him to perform as well as he's performing? For me, it, it has been Georgiev mostly because, you know, we saw with Kemper last year and Grubauer his first year here. It took those guys a while to get used to the system, get used to what UC Parkle is wanting them to change. Whereas with Georgiev, it took like two weeks. Like he had figured it out and kind of adjusted pretty quickly. And to me, that that was pretty incredible. Um, what he's done so far is is awesome. And it's going to be interesting to watch him down the stretch because he's already hit his games played max in the NHL. So it, this is going to be a little different for him, uh, which is kind of why I think you saw Frankie start last night because they're going to kind of keep splitting this up here so that they can stay fresh. But yeah, I he would be the biggest surprise. I mean, there's, there really haven't been too many surprises on the team right now, I would say. Fair. Yeah, I mean, um, go ahead, Christian. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, on the Going back to what you said about the Stars, it, we were talking about this on a couple episodes ago. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Avs in the West? Because if you look at the West as a whole, it's kind of been disappointing. Like, the West compared to the East is terrible. Um Outside of the abs, is there anyone that you're looking at for the West that you think is a bad matchup for the abs? No, I don't. If the <laughs> abs are healthy, I I think they have a chance against any team in the West because the reality is I, I don't think the West is very good at all. Um, the East is a whole different beast, but yeah, the West is, I mean, Dallas, they're an older team. You know, you never know what they're going to look like after a full 82-game season, how they're going to be playing. Um, it's just like, yeah, there's no real team that scares me. If, if Vegas was healthy the way they were going, maybe, but I'm not sure Mark Stone's coming back. Eichel's kind of struggled a little bit. Um, Winnipeg's a weird team. I don't know how to read them, but you know, their coach is, he's done amazing things defensively and he did in Dallas. He's doing it there. And it's, none of these teams truly scare me. And I think if the Avs, especially if Landy comes back, I, I would take them against any team in the West. I'm glad you feel that way because Griffin and I, uh, we, we were talking about that and we're like, ah, I just, I'm not, if the abs are healthy, I don't think there's anyone in the West that can, that can stop them um, because you don't have that team from last year. Like I thought the blues, we really overestimated, like over, like, I guess underestimated how good the West was last year. I mean, you had the blues with what, a hundred and what we say, Griffin, 110 last year. Yeah. Around uh, that, 109, the wild were around 117, like. The abs were just such head and shoulders above the competition that it just made the rest of the West look worse. And now you have even one of those teams from last year, and they're probably winning this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Blues last year were, you know, even even Minnesota, like in, in that first round, I think those teams were a little bit scarier last year, whereas, you know, both those teams look a little different this year, obviously. But, yeah, I mean – there's just nobody, maybe Edmonton, because I think they are kind of hitting their stride a little bit. Um, and that's basically because McDavid is just on another planet. But we also saw last year what, you know, what happens when McDavid gets slowed down just a little bit. Yeah, you slow him down to a point per game and he the, the team's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, that's good to hear because Griffin and I were kind of sitting there, we're like, are, are we being just too much of homers right now? Uh, yeah, because uh, yeah. that's, that's kind of where always, we were. That's always that's my fear sometimes. That's why going for first place doesn't really matter that much to me because the Avs at home, like last year, they were dominant at home. This year, they have been not very good, like pretty average, I think. Uh, I think they've already lost more games at home this year than they did all of last year. So it doesn't make that much of a difference to me. Plus, coupled with the poor competition, like, if you just get in, I think you're happy and you can do some damage. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, we've seen a lot of cup champs in years past, defending champs, even from from Tampa to Pittsburgh of the year past. A lot of them don't end up going on to even win their division the next season. They still end up going on deep runs. So with the abs, I totally agree. The most important thing is to just get in, be healthy, get Landeskog back and rolling again probably to find a little more consistency on the power play as it's kind of been struggling as of late. What, what do you, we talked about the lack of finish earlier. Do you think there's anything you can pinpoint that's been the problem with the lack of finishing? Is it just bad luck or is this team just still trying to, to figure something out right now? Uh, well, I mean, the reality is they lost two high end finishers over the summer and you can't just go ahead, go and replace those guys. Rodriguez has been awesome, but he's uh, a volume shooter. He's not like a high high shooting percentage type guy, whereas Burakovsky was just, you know, he, he was frustrating to watch at times, but, you know, he could score from anywhere. He could, and Kadri was on fire last year. So that's it's a lot of goals that got taken on the lineup, and then you got, you know, Chushkin has been not healthy half the year. Landis Gog hasn't been there. It just hasn't been consistent. So um, that's just... You know, if these guys can stay in the lineup over the last, you know, 30 plus games that's left here, you know, I feel pretty good because they were showing some some signs before the break of, you know, scoring more goals. But it's just a matter of, you know, continuing to do that. Last night was, I mean, if they play, you know, like they did against Pittsburgh, the first two periods against most of these teams, I think they're they're going to win a lot of games down the stretch. It's just a matter of scoring goals. Right. Is I think it was it was either Rudo or AJ tweeted it today that Nachushkin only has one even strength goal so far this year. AJ, um, mm-hmm. AJ did. Yeah, yeah. I saw that and that kind of blew my mind because I remember how he started the year so hot and uh, I guess that one even strength goal was that the one where uh, he broke away in Vegas? Was that the one even strength goal that I'm thinking of? Yeah, we went like coast to coast. Yeah, it was sick. Yeah. Um, it's so been a lot of guys. Like up until like three weeks ago, Lekkonen only had like three even strength goals. So um, five on five has definitely been an issue in terms of scoring goals. And I mean, Alex Newhook is the second leading scorer on the team, five on five. So that and Cogliano's third. So that probably says a lot about what's going on <laughs> with the team right now. That's great. That, that, that is it, it's great to laugh about. But yeah, that's not particularly great um, for for winning games. Is there. Have you ever seen in your time covering the abs is Miko Rantanen just like where, who do you compare him to? Uh, and as a former ab, cause he gets Peter Forsberg a lot. Um, but I don't think we've ever seen a player like him in an avalanche sweater and what he's doing this year is I feel like it's going under the radar nationally because he kept this team afloat for when McKinnon was out, when everyone was hurt. Um, what have your thoughts kind of been on Miko Ranston? And do you think there's a player comp for him that's ever worn an Av sweater? It's ever worn an Av sweater. I don't know if there is. Um, 
I do think when you watch him, you do see a little bit of Yager in him, the way that he protects the puck down the wing. I don't think he's got the Forsberg. He, he just doesn't have the mean streak that Forsberg had. Um, but he's more Yager than anything. Maybe if he was better defensively, I'd say Hosa, but you know, he's just not like that. But I would say in the there was a year where I was out of the locker room and now I'm back in, and he's just so much more mature now. And with Landy gone, he's kind of taken on like when everyone needs to talk to somebody, it's Miko that's available to talk him and Kale. So um, he's he's really grown up a lot over the last few years, I think. And yeah, he he has carried. If if we were looking at the true definition of the Hart Trophy. Like if you compare his numbers, even strength in particular, to the rest of the team, it's like night and day. Like he is destroying everyone in terms of like who's the next closest guy to him. So, yeah, I it's been tremendous. I just I just don't know if there's like a true Avs comp yeah. to him. Um, I was a big Kaminsky fan growing up, but Kaminsky was more like a speed skill guy, whereas Miko's got some power to him. Yeah, he's just so – I don't think there's appreciation for how big he is. Um, but he, he seems just like a huge dude on the ice. Um, and the speed he has, the finesse he has is just outstanding. Um, I, I just always think back to when I think of like the perfect Miko Rantanen game was that game against Toronto at home uh, last year where he had just like three or four assists. Uh, and just I think what we were asking for at the beginning of the year, Griffin and I were talking about, is – it seemed at points last year, Miko wasn't really engaged in the game for parts of it. Uh, and then this year, it's it seems like a majority of the time he's been as engaged as he's been in previous years. So I think that goes on the maturity thing you were just kind of talking about. But I mm-hmm. I think he should be in the heart conversation. Will he end up at the end of the year? I doubt it. But uh, I, I think he could be one of those top three guys. Yeah, I I, I mean... McDavid probably has it locked up oh, at this yeah. point, but yeah, yeah <laughs> it's McDavid's award to lose. The race, yeah. the race for second, as we've called it. Yeah, I, it he it, it seemed like he was slowing down before the break, but it also just seemed that way because other guys were actually starting to score goals, and he didn't have to do it all. But yeah, I mean, I hope he hits fifty. I, I think the organization that'd be great for the the fan base to see a fifty goal scorer. Because it was only Milan Hayduk's the only one with fifty, right? Did Sakic ever hit fifty? Sakic did it once too. Sakic did once too, uh, okay. at least once. But yeah, okay. Hayduk was the last one. That was, I think it was twenty years ago to this year. So he won. He won the Rocket that year, right? Then he mm-hmm. won the Rocket. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, I just think Miko Ranton just has been consistently just so damn solid uh, all year. So. I just want to give him his flowers because I feel like by the end of the year, we'll kind of forget just that rough part that was November and December. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He uh, carried him through December. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a good, definitely a good um, part of the resume on the hard ballot for, for Rantanen with December. When you look at just how many players this team was missing for so long. And now that this team is healthy, they, they rattled off a bit of a stretch where they won a bunch of games in a row, but it seemed like starting in that game against the Capitals right before the break, finished off with that game against the Ducks and the Blues, and then again against the Penguins. This team has played great for 40, sometimes even 50 minutes at a time, and then the third period comes along, and then I don't know if the right word is taking their foot off the gas or just the other team starts to push harder and they haven't been able to respond. It's been a bit of a pattern for a little bit now with the third period with the Avs. How concerning have these third periods been for you lately? And do you think this is something that gets solved sooner or later? Before the break, I thought it was more fatigue 
than anything. Um, they played a lot of games with guys playing heavy minutes, the same guys over and over again. So I'd kind of chalk that up to fatigue, whereas yesterday it looked more like they just took their foot off the gas. They were destroying Pittsburgh for 40 minutes. Pittsburgh looked old and slow. Um, they should not have been in that game. And then they have basically stopped trying with like 10 minutes left in the third. If you look at the shot chart, it's like ridiculous. It's yeah. <laughs> way down for the Penguins. And then all of a sudden it's just straight up. I think they had 20 straight attempts, which is crazy because when the Avs are really rolling is when they just keep pushing. Like they just don't stop. And maybe they're just not fully confident in that ability. And I think as, as Byram gets more used to it, they're going to have a defense that can kind of keep pushing the play. But, you know, yesterday was a little bit different, whereas before the break, I just chalk it up more to, like, guys were just tired, and you're not going to have a perfect 60-minute game every game. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Bo Byram because he's been one of our favorite things to talk about on this show. And how important do you think having Byram is for this defense, even at such a young age, and especially after what we saw from him in, in Game 6 of the final? It's uh the this team can't play the way that they want to play if if a guy like him is not in the lineup. Um Gerard's turning it around, which helps too. Um I think the last fifteen games he's been a lot better. But you know, we saw in the playoffs when Byram's going, like he can be as good as that top pair at times. So it it can't just be Makar and Taves that are pushing the play at all times. You need that second wave from guys beyond them. And Byram can provide that. He can jump into the play and keep the offense going because that's that's how this team needs to play, especially if you're going to mix up McKinnon and Ranton on different lines. Miko can't just be stuck out there with like Eric Johnson and Brad Hunt. You know, he needs some skill guys to work off of. So I really do think it's huge that he's back and hopefully he's going to stay in the lineup. Um, and even Manson, like if he comes back too, he can move. Um, he's got more offensive ability than maybe we thought before he got here. So it just changes the whole dynamic of the team. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting coming into the season with Bo, because I believe last night was his 60th game professional game in the NHL. So even if he does <laughs> stay healthy before the end of the season and in the playoffs, that contract situation is going to be very interesting. How do you envision that end up going? Or do, are we just going to have to see how these last 30 games play out with him before we can even start to think about that? I, I mean, if you're the Avs, I don't know how you commit long-term to him right now without having seen him play. You know how good he can be, but like staying healthy is a skill. And you need guys, especially if you're up against the cap, you can't be paying guys like that who aren't going to play. And also for Byram, I don't think he would want to sign a deal long-term to lock him in when he knows that if I stay healthy, I can make a lot of money and show how good I am. So I think he's confident in his ability, so I think it's we're looking at like maybe a one to two year deal. A little bridge like shorter. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't hate that because I think that's, you see these teams that have like cup runs and you look at a team like the abs, they need to have those bridge guys. When you have those guys locked up, I think new going to sign a bridge deal. I, I think you could see Byram sign a bridge deal. And then you look at, uh, I'm not saying what the, what the Blackhawks did by trading, uh, by trading Pat, uh, Panarin for Saad and Saad for uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? We were talking about him earlier, Griffin Onisimov. Um, I, I think that's more the route you're going to see the Avs go. Um, but like money wise, do you think he gets like four and a half, five? Like what, what do you think he gets in that bridge deal? I, I don't know if he's played enough 
hockey to justify that. And that's a lot of money. Um, If it's a one-year deal, I think they're like two and a half, three million. They try to get them around and then go up from there. The incentive is there. And what that also does is, you know, it gives you another year to maybe be like, because Devon Taves' contract is looming. Right. You got to make that decision at some point. Um, You have Byram, you know, you have his rights for a long time. You can kind of punt that decision a little bit, whereas, you know, see if he could stay healthy for a year. And then you can really commit to him if you don't feel like you have the money and cap space to re-sign Devontae's. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it's time to bring back the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. All you have to do, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place in a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm not going to pretend to be a basketball guy, but those Denver Nuggets... They're looking like some free money right now. If you want to get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode i like that i'm gonna pivot a little bit here because we talked about this on the last show and you kind of talked about the cap uh you saw the numbers i'm assuming that the nhl viewership is down uh like 22 percent what what are your thoughts on that is there something that you've pinpointed as like not only a, a an employee for um covering a team like what do you think has been the reason for the dip in uh viewership when if you go to colorado or, or any game they're sold out every single game there's a want to watch this team is it just because of the comcast or what's going on do you think my understanding is that that was national viewership is that right is, yes yeah it is. so i it, it's it's really tough to say a lot of people don't like those boards the uh advertising yeah I don't even like pay attention to that stuff. Right. So it doesn't I'm the same like, way. It doesn't really affect me that much, but I could see if that really turns people off. Um, they're not going to watch that, but people are cutting the cord, you know, finding ESPN plus ESPN plus is a terrible app. In my it's opinion, so I, I have so much issues like working that app. Thank you. Um, so I think that could maybe have something to do with it. Um, and in general, like, that number came out in January when, in my opinion, December and January are the most boring times of the year for sure. the NHL season. So I think people kind of like fade off, whereas later in the year, I bet the viewership numbers are going to go up. So there's a lot that goes into it, but the NHL has never done a good job of marketing their stars. So it's not like a huge surprise, but um, I do think that the board boards, ad- the advertising stuff bothers <laughs> a lot of people and it doesn't bother me, but it bothers a lot of people because I see it all over Twitter. And I think that kind of, you know, moves people and people that just find other avenues to watch a game. So that's just the reality of it. Right. And whether it's legal or not, it's that's just how it works in 2023. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up ESPN Plus because as we speak, I am currently blacked out of the Rangers and Canucks game for no reason. I don't live in either of those areas. So that's been a problem I've had for over a month. But even just continuing on this conversation, Evan, if you could change one rule that you would think would make the NHL outright better, what would it be? Hmm. Outright better. I don't even think about this stuff enough. Now you caught me off guard. <laughs> um, I feel like a good interviewer now. I know. I really... I hate what three on three hockey has become, but I'm not sure that that would change much. Cause I feel you, you don't see enough overtime hockey to really like, that's going to change it much, but the, if this is kind of like the standard cliche answer, but I mean, the offsides challenges, they brought it in. Cause they're like, Oh, there's big mistakes here and there, but now it's just like bang, bang plays that we're reviewing right. and same with the goalie interference. Like to me, um, if you're trying to speed up the game, how about this? If you are watching the review for a minute and you can't figure out what's going on, call, the call on the ice just stands. Like, we got to speed up the play. It, that's what, you know, people don't want to watch refs stare at an iPad for 10 minutes. <laughs> so and then you just go with, with that. Broadcast. Go with a, a shot clock on the reviews. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. Griffin's mm-hmm. is he, he wants to get rid of the shootouts. That, that's his thing. Oh, yeah. the, the shootouts are what he wants to get rid of. See, I don't mind shootouts because we never see them anymore. Like, there's like two shootouts a year. I feel like now. I, so, I, no- I notice them enough that they annoy me still, but <laughs> they're not my they're not my favorite. There's a bunch of things that I would change about the league, but I, I'm sure Evan that you have a limited amount of time and you don't want to sit here and listen to me complain for two hours. <laughs> no, but... I, let's hear it. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, you get rid of shootouts. Ten minutes of three on three overtime. Number two, you either go to a 3-2-1 point system, three for regulation wins, two for OT wins, one for OT losses. And I'm still considering this, but you you bring back the tie instead of the shoot at the end of 10 minutes because teams are going to play hard if you decentivize actually getting a tie. And I agree with a lot of your points about reviews. Let's speed this up a little bit. Officiating, we just need to find a, a standard. Really, you just the rules need to be consistent. We don't know what the rules are. And Christian and I will talk about this more in detail later in this episode. The thing with with Kale McCarr and the headshots, that needs to be more clear. I don't see any reason as to why that shouldn't be a penalty and why it's being blamed on Kale for it being just a collision. And before I go on for two straight hours, go back to the one through eight playoff system. You don't have to galaxy brain it with the wild card and everything or anything like that, or one through four in the division or anything. Just go back to one through eight. It worked that way. Everyone likes it that way. The players have been calling for it. Just simple stuff that I don't think needs to be earth shattering, but just makes the league a little more entertaining, in my opinion. I, I definitely agree with one through eight. I would even go one through 16. Like, oh, I like that a lot. Especially the, the West. Like yeah. there's probably some teams in the East that are might be better than some of these playoff teams of the West that are going to miss the playoffs over there. Dude, um, I think the Sabres, if the Sabres could be in the West, they'd be a playoff team. Oh, yeah. The three, three, two, one point system. I like that one. 10, 10 minute three on three sounds like my own personal nightmare though. I don't want to watch <laughs> that. I don't want to watch the regrouping and circling see, back over and over see, again. My, my solution to that is you have the tie at the end and obviously you get two points if you win. A tie is one point for each. So both teams in that case essentially lose. So you have to push the puck. You have to push the action. It forces risk-taking. No one's going to want to play it safe because even if you turn it over and lose, you get a point. That's the same as it would have been if you got a tie. That's just that's how I would fix it. Yeah, 
Maybe. I don't know. It's just tough to say. <laughs> Coaches find, find ways around things. They certainly hockey hockey will find a way to kill anything fun. They have proved yeah. that year over year that if there's a fun idea, they will find a way to to beat it into dust. Oh yeah. So we'll pivot back to the abs. Um, kind of what are your thoughts with this trade deadline coming up? The abs really don't have much assets outside of that first round pick. And I'm hesitant to trade a guy like John Luke foodie or Oscar Alausen. What do you think the abs are going to kind of add, or what are they going to be looking for at the trade deadline? To me, um, I would not make a big move unless I'm hundred percent sure that Landis Cog is coming back. Um, and it sounds like they think he's going to start skating next week. We'll kind of find that out, but you know, they've kind of been giving us vague timelines here and there. So it's just a matter of seeing him on the ice. But if there's any hesitation, then maybe he's not going to make it back. I don't know how you can go big fish hunting. Um, Cause I don't know if this team can win a Stanley cup without Gabe Landeskog in the lineup. Um, now Darren Helm potentially coming back changes kind of my thoughts. Cause I do think they need a depth forward, but if he can kind of fill that role, you know, that, that, that works better than trading for another guy. But I do think they're going to go after guys. They're going to look at, I think the Jonathan Taves stuff is real, but they're going to need a lot of help with multiple teams to kind of eat some gas space for that to work. I think Adam Henrique is a guy that they're, that could Ooh, fill like the that. role. Um, they would, they would need Anaheim to eat some of that cap space too. Um, but he signed for next year. So if you don't want to get rid of that first round pick, I don't know if you're getting Adam Henrique. Um, and beyond that, just other centers. Yeah. Like Timo Meyer is my dream, but there's no way they could afford to trade for him. Yeah. That'd, that'd be so that'd, pro- that'd probably be a tough one to pull off when, <laughs> when we see all the, the packages that like the allegedly the devils and such are putting to get, you know, the devils, the number two prospect pool in the NHL, the abs with headliners of Olausen and Jean-Luc Foody. That's a great point on Ada Henrique. I didn't even really think about that. I'm looking at him right now makes 5.825 against the cap they can find a way to retain. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to make that work. He's got 19 on the season. Obviously, it's not the sexiest name for second line center, but for what this team is doing, I think that's definitely something they could pull off. Yeah, Anaheim would probably have to eat 50% of that. At and least, at, that, yeah. at that point, you're probably giving up your first round pick at the very least. But it's a guy signed for next year. And if he's under $3 million next year, you know, you got your call for a replacement if New Hook steps up. So, um, I, he's just an interesting guy. I don't know if Anaheim's interested in trading him, but just a guy you could look at. And, you know, I, I'm not against trading for a depth defenseman, but, you know, defenseman prices are just always insane. So if this team's healthy, I'm not sure they're going to necessarily go after a big name, maybe just like a seventh or eighth. Jack Johnson could find yes, You took the, the words knows? right out of my mouth, man. <laughs> my, fav- my favorite half, Jack Johnson, oh, the saga of me and him on this show been so much i hope jack johnson finds his way back but yeah to your point of prices of defensemen at this deadline we've seen that the price for a guy like vlad gavrikov out of columbus is like a first a second and a third or something like that and even guys like edmondson or they're asking for a lot i don't see them making the big defenseman move but i think jack johnson that's a path they've been down before they know what he is and when this team is healthy i agree with you i think the abs just have the best defense in the nhl but as we've seen this season, as we saw in the playoffs, you might need that seventh or eighth guy. But that can kind of bring me to another question. Do you think Brad Hunt or Andreas Anglin in a pinch, like let's say second or third round in the playoffs, could be that guy to fill in as a sixth role if someone were to get hurt? Um, I think Hunt is a guy that they like a little bit more. Anglin, to me, he, he was 
rolled, that first call up was not good. And then he came back up and he was a lot better, but I think he's dipped again. So, you know, they're kind of holding on to him. I don't know if they're afraid someone's going to pick him up off waivers or what they're doing, but to me, Hunt is, has looked solid. He's a guy who's got a lot of NHL experience with multiple teams um, and he can provide a little bit of offense. So to me, he's a guy that they like, but um, he's an offensive guy. So if you have Byram, if you have Taves, and if you have Carr and Gerard in the lineup, you know, you might want to go out and get like a, a Johnson or a Jack Johnson to fill that seventh role, just to maybe get a little bit of a tougher defenseman to fill that spot. But um, I, I, I'm i not sure that they're going to waive Brad Hunt. I think some team would claim him just because oh, he's making yeah. next to nothing. So, but of those two, I think he's a guy that they would feel comfortable playing six, six defensemen minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially since you bring up that they're afraid to lose him, other teams would value him for sure. Especially you consider that he's, has the the next year after this as well as well as Jacob McDonald did. A lot of teams are going to value that. And plus, when we were missing guys, especially if you look at the Edmonton game, Lane Hunt was finding ways to contribute and get pucks in the back of the net and everything. I think I think even if something were to go wrong in the playoffs, like Byron were to get hurt again or Gerard would get hurt again, worst case scenario, obviously, obviously no one hopes that's going to happen. But I I think you can rely on Hunt enough that you don't need to spend like a fifth or sixth round pick or anything like that trying to trying to fill that hypothetical void. Yeah, Hunt's a great guy, too. That's a great guy yeah. to talk to in the locker room. He's goofy. <laughs> he seems like a man. I just love that buck two smile. But yeah. um, what are kind of your thoughts uh, with what do you think is Eric Johnson going to do after this year? Because his contract's up, obviously. He's making a lot of money this year. I can't envision him in a different jersey. Uh, do you think that there's a mutual interest in him returning next year? Obviously, for a bigger salary decrease. But he's been pretty solid this year. Um, I've liked the way EJ's played for a lot of this year. Obviously, he doesn't have a goal. But what are your kind of thoughts? Where, where do you see him landing at the end of this season? Um, To me, with him, it's abs or bust. I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere this late in his career to extend it. I think he understood that, you know, he was two years ago, he thought about retiring. Um, he didn't obviously. So I think if he comes back for another year, it would be for the apps. And obviously it would have to be for a significant pay cut. Um, honestly, it, it might even be under a million at this point because he's not producing much offensively, but I could see there being interest. I think he's been okay this year. Um, he's been asked to do too much just with the injuries, which he can only do so much at this stage of his career. But, you know, we saw in the playoffs, if he's the sixth defenseman playing, you know, penalty killing minutes, doing things like that, he can still have some value. So I do think if he wants to come back at a cheap contract, he'll be back here. If not, I see him retiring. I agree with that. And then kind of going off that too, another name that gets brought up so much, you mentioned him earlier, Sam Gerard. I feel like he's kind of the punching bag for uh, a lot of Avs, hatred um and disdain but he obviously has his ups and downs but do you see a world where they move on from him in this offseason um i i could see that a world where they move on from him but they've held on to him for so long that it's not going to be for just nothing like they obviously value him he plays 20 minutes a night like it's you don't just get rid of defensemen like that for nothing but you know if they lose comfort this summer if they lose Rodriguez, you know, they're going to have a lot of defensemen and not a lot of forwards. So I could see him being the guy that that goes for that. But like we were talking about earlier, 
you still have that Devon Tave situation looming over your head. Do you trade Gerard knowing that maybe you're not going to be able to sign Devon Taves for a long-term contract? I don't know if you can do that. So he's still the guy that the coaching staff loves, but they're not going to give him away. Let's just say that. That's what we talked about too. You can't just move on from him like in season and make a big trade. Like he is, he is a vital part to this team. If they're ever going to move him, it'll be an off season move. Yeah. Guys like that. He's got a lot of term left. I don't know if, you know, teams are mid season teams. Aren't looking to kind of do that. That's a big off season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Griffin, I know you had a couple more. What, what what was the next one you wanted to go with? So Evan, I I don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been gracious enough to grace us with enough already. So I kind of wanted to finish with just your broad take on what you think is going to happen with the abs for the rest of the season. Obviously you don't think it's a too realistic that they're going to catch Dallas and win this division, but do you see the abs finishing top three in the central? How do you see the playoffs going? How do you, how do you envision the rest of the season playing out based on what we've seen so far? I do see them sneaking into the playoffs or sneaking into that top three in the division. My concern is that these heavy minutes are going to catch up to them in the playoffs where guys like McCarr and Taves have been playing a lot of hockey. McKinnon has been playing a lot of hockey, but he's a freak. Like he'll play as much as you ask him to play. <laughs> uh, Ranton has been playing a lot. Like even Arturi Lekin is like top five in the forwards at the time on ice. I think eventually this is going to catch up to him. So as much as I said, teams in the West don't necessarily scare me. It's more the abs getting in their own way. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to have a great finish, but I'm not sure I see a Stanley Cup team as, as they're built right now. That's interesting. I mean, if that's the case, how far do you see this team going? Do you see first round flame out? Do you see them making a push to the Stanley Cup final or anything like that? Or where, where do you think the gas eventually runs out? I, 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 I've been thinking about I think they can get out of the first round, but eventually that gas, you're going to run out of the gas. And I think the second round, like if they run into, like if they run into Dallas, who is a very, I guess Pete DeBurr is kind of like the Avs. Uh, I get the guy that he knows how to play against the Avs. He knows how to coach against them. So if they run into Dallas, I could see him having some issues just because I think he's a very good coach and he's, he knows how to I guess handle the Avs and slow him down. But yeah. There's a lot of talent on this team. I just think they're eventually this many minutes might catch up to them. Yeah. I mean, you have to consider the fact that for a good portion of the season, Kale was playing above 30 minutes a night. So was Devon for such a long period of time. Ranton was consistently up there in 26, 27 minutes a night. And that was one of the big concerns with this team. And probably one of the reasons why Kale isn't in like leading the Norris talks right now is because of, the fact that he had to carry so much of the load and play so smart defensively that he couldn't catch up in points, like with where Eric Carlson is right now, where Adam Fox is right now, the guys who are currently leading that discussion. And in the playoffs, if guys do do start to go down again, like we have seen in this season, that can definitely be a possibility. And a team like the Stars, they haven't had that problem all season. They have been a remarkably healthy team, much like uh, Minnesota and Calgary were last season. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, that could come to haunt them in the end. They haven't had to face any adversity. Exactly. Whereas the Avs had to face a lot of adversity and they know how to get through it. So it, you know, it, it's just so hard. I think the East is just so much better this year. Like it's so good. I just, I didn't have any concerns about like any Eastern conference team last year. Cause the Avs were so good. 
but getting to that final step, I think would be tough this year because you look at Boston, they've been rolling all season long. I think Carolina, I pick them to go to the finals every year. Like <laughs> I should probably stop, but I, I, I do the same thing. It's such a strong team. And then they, you have the other teams there too. So it's, it's just tough. And these, it's different than Tampa Bay, the way they did it, where they had the COVID years and the, the big breaks where they had kept going back to the finals. Like it's tough to win and it's tough to play as much hockey as the F's had, um, have had to do. And they had a big part of that cup win last year is they could, they did a lot of load management that final 20, 20 games. <laughs> so they're not going to be able to do that this year. So it's, it's going to be a little different. Yeah. I mean, I like what you brought up about adversity and everything. And I think that's a good point with the end of the season as well, that a lot of guys have had, a lot of injuries and a lot of time to rest during the season. We'll see what the difference is when they have to be locked in in game 81 because that's going to be against Winnipeg. Who knows? That could be for for home ice in the first round and game 82 against Nashville because of that uh, delay beginning of the season as well. I mean, sometimes it serves teams well to to go in the playoffs all locked in. As we saw last year with the F, sometimes it serves teams well to just have a little time off and then go into game one against Nashville and absolutely run them over for two sweeps in the playoffs. But I'm, I'm very excited for the rest of this season. I think the Avs, I think they're going to make a push for one. I think all the points that they've given up to the Canucks and the Ducks and the Blackhawks and the Islanders, all the, the third periods that they've kind of let slip away from them might end up haunting them towards the very end. I think they'll come close. I think they can at least get out of the central especially if Dallas if Dallas can get pushed in the first round by a wild card team I think the abs if they stay healthy can knock them out that's my opinion yeah I guess my my whole thing about the wild card teams is none of them are super scary either so it's like yeah. <laughs> I mean I guess if Edmonton's down there but Calgary's been so up and down this year and you know that that what is it LA that's out there I like LA I like to watch them a lot but their goaltending is just Trush. I don't. I don't know who you can depend on. That Phoenix Copley, like, if they had a good goalie, I think it would be slightly scarier than a few other teams in the West. Yeah, I think but, they get Chikrin. I really do. I think they're gonna get Chikrin this trade deadline. Really? Yeah, I, I think, think the Kings make a push. I think Vejmelka. I I know they've said they not they're not looking for a goalie, but if they want to be serious, Vejmelka I think would be a better use of those assets. But I like Chikrin for them too. Yeah, yeah I think Chikrin's been. He's been linked to Ottawa for so long that I feel like something's just finally going to happen there. Fair. But yeah, I think the Avs are, it, it, it will be a very different stretch run than last year, where last year was like, all right, when, when's the playoffs starting? And now it's going to be, you know, they're going to have to go into the playoffs role and, and everyone playing and see how different that is from last year. It'll, it'll be interesting to watch. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I had, I had one last question and then we'll, we'll let you go. Um, you're a noted floor Sitting on the floor. Oh yeah. How did, I am how right did that? How did that start? Um, I have a bad back. It's an old okay. hockey injury. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I fractured my back when I was twelve, and I didn't even know it. I just kept playing. <laughs> so it's, you know, don't do that. If you ever hurt your back, go to a doctor. <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of why, because you get good, you get good back support here on the floor, like. <laughs> still use my couch, but it, you know, when you're sitting up against it, you got good back support. So that's kind of where that started is the back injury. And yeah. And I'm getting old. That's the yeah, other fair. thing. Fair. Did you ever, did you ever bomb with Devon Taves over that? Cause I, I noticed in the playoff run, he, he was yeah. a floor seater as well. 
I haven't bonded with him. He's a, he's a very elusive guy in the locker room <laughs> to get to. <laughs> that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. But Evan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you aren't already, make sure you go subscribe to the Colorado Hockey Now. Evan's putting out some amazing content um, and just super excited to see where uh, where you go from here, man, because it's been great so far. Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Evan. Thanks so much for, for coming on. Hope we can have you again sometime in the near future, hopefully b- before the playoffs begin. Yeah, definitely. Just let me know. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Evan. We really appreciate it. All right. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our new sponsors at Raycon. This is the time of year everyone's making New Year's resolutions, talking about big changes. But most of the time, these are pretty unrealistic. And even the smallest changes can contribute to these habits. And I've found you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase for even the smallest things that can be a part of these big changes. For me, that has been my Raycon headphones. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. For me personally, my New Year's resolution has been running. My old headphones, they're staticky, they ran out of battery too easily. Ever since I switched, Raycons have fixed my routines and made them so much easier. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night, Raycon has you covered. And these are half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose. You can get a pair of headphones and a spare, a speaker, and you're still paying less than you would for even just one pair of headphones from other companies. And even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants you to make sure that you'll feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has a free and easy return guarantee. And best of all, Raycon's features are endless. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, hours of battery life. There's just no reason to not get in on this now. So if you're ready to buy something small with a big impact, go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode. All right. Thank you once again to Evan for joining us for this episode. Really enjoyed our talk with him and everything he brought to the table for us. And I also want to acknowledge Christian is here. I, I am. I, I totally am I totally just like bulldozed right over him in the intro. <laughs> and so the first time you heard his voice was probably a couple of minutes into the episode where he's talking about Curtis McDermott. That is the, that is the first on this episode where I have not immediately cut to you. So Christian, I'm sorry. I did not. It's okay. It, it, it's 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 late on a Wednesday. We're both we're both tired from work, uh, but yeah, I'm here. Uh, Evan was awesome. Uh, that was a great great interview we had with him. Um, I always laugh because Griffin and I. I don't know about you, but I feel kind of like imposter syndrome sometimes when oh I talk God. to when I talk to someone like Evan because uh, Evan's actually covers the team daily, and I'm just a fan. So Dude, you, at least actually, you live there. Yeah, I, it, it's it's always great to talk with someone who. Uh, who is so in tune with the team and is just so much smarter than I am when it comes to hockey. Um, so I always get a good, I always get that imposter syndrome where I'm like, is, am I going to get outed as not a true hockey fan today? Yeah. But uh, yeah, Evan was great. I found it interesting what he said though, about the abs running out of gas. I had not even thought about that until yeah. he brought that up. I mean, I, I mean, I think it can always be one of two things is that you can either look at as the abs have faced adversity this season. And when things get tough in the playoffs, they'll be able to handle it. Or 
that at some point you went to the Stanley Cup final, you won, a bunch of guys have been hurt, a lot of your guys have been carrying the load, and then when it gets tough, do they have the gas tank to continue? I think I think we've seen both things happen, and that's just the the beauty of the playoffs is that you just never know. Right. I agree. I hadn't even thought about that, though. When he said that, I was like, damn, that's a really good fucking point. <laughs> like, I hadn't even let that thought creep into my mind because it's you're just so focused on winning uh, that you kind of have to take a step back. But yeah, awesome time catching up with Evan. Uh, hopefully he comes back on the show again. Uh, but we hope you all enjoyed it. But let's uh, let's talk about this Penguins game. Um, we kind of hinted at it in the interview with Evan. Um if you didn't watch this game, it looks like a very boring game because it was only 2-1, both goals coming uh, one in the second period, one in the, late in the third. But this was a really exciting 2-1 hockey game. Um, the Avs should have won this game. Yes. Flat out, they deserve to win this game. Yes, the Avs, they should have won this game. For 50 minutes, they were clearly the better team. I thought Evan put it perfectly. The Penguins looked old and slow, especially early on. Shots were about nine to nothing in the first period early on. The abs were, were running them out of the building. But the theme of this game, at least for me, was the lack of finish. They played great. They just they couldn't find a way to get that extra goal. They got the goal from McKinnon halfway through the second period, and they, they couldn't get the insurance marker. And once it started really get late in that game, holding a team like the Penguins off the board for 60 minutes, like that, that's tough to do, even as – not maybe not what they once were. They're still a very good team with the likes of Sidney Crosby, of Genny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Chris Letang. Holding them off the boards entirely for 60 minutes is is damn near impossible. So so getting that insurance goal was really important, but a lot of posts in this game. They win 0 for 3 in regulation on the power play. And it's tough because you're right. They they absolutely deserve to win this one. I think my concern coming out of the break was they were going to come out flat. This was probably the best the Avs have looked in a long time for uh, the start of a game. And usually we've seen them fall off in the second period. They continue in the second period. Um, But like you said, not getting that insurance goal sucked so much because they played. This game could have easily been 4-0 after the second period. Easily. Easily could have been. Casey just decides. Yeah, Casey Smith decides to actually have a good game. And that kind of fucks the whole fucks the whole thing but i'm not like we kind of have different mentalities of this game i'm looking at this game as some bad luck and you ran into a hot goaltender and if you continue playing like you did against pittsburgh you're gonna beat a lot of teams and i think evan said that in the interview where it's like if they play like they play against pittsburgh they're going to beat a lot of teams yeah a lot. mckinnon said the same thing in his post game interview as well and yeah the abs they did get bad luck in this game but it's been a, at least some kind of a recurring theme for a little bit where they just haven't been able to finish a ton of their chances. And yeah, they got goalied in this game. Casey DeSmith had arguably his best game of the season and good for him. And on the Isn't it funny though, he's had his two best games against your two teams? You said it, you said it <laughs> not me. You said it, not me. It seems like he just has a personal vendetta against me when, whenever I watch him. Because whenever I don't, he's terrible. But every time I watch Casey DeSmith play, he has an amazing game. Didn't he give up seven goals recently to the Panthers? To the Panthers in a 7-6 game. I don't even remember who won that game. But yeah. I think the Penguins won it. But yeah. That's been the thing. And I'm totally with you on the process. And it's another thing that McKinnon said after the game as well is that the process is there. It's what Jared Bednar called. The intention's there. They played really well. 
through 50 minutes of this game, arguably I'd say that's Stanley Cup level hockey. If you're playing like that in the playoffs, you're going to win a lot of hockey games and you're going to beat a lot of good teams. But it's that it's all those posts, all those missed nets and everything. And I know I know oftentimes we look at posts as bad luck and sometimes they are, but it's a fancy way of saying you missed. They they have not been able to convert on a lot of their chances and it sucks because they did deserve to win this game. They dominated 50 minutes. The process was all there. And you had Frankie, who had a pretty decent game through this point. I didn't love his poke check, obviously, in the third period. But when you give up one goal through 60 minutes against the Penguins, it should be enough to win. And I was frustrated after the game. A little less frustrated now, but I still feel pretty justified in that frustration that it's a time of the year where if this was last year and you lose this game at this point in the season, I don't think any of us even really you don't blink an eye. But right now you had Minnesota lose that game to the coyotes the night before where you win this game, you're back in the third in the central, you had the stars beat the ducks in a shootout. And so right. And right now the stars are up three to one on the wild with three minutes left. They're likely going to end up winning this game. So you'll still be able to catch the wild when you play Tampa tomorrow, but the stars could be as far as 12 points away. Giving up that extra point in a season where you've given up points to the Islanders with that blown lead, and you've given up points to the Kings blowing that lead, and the Canucks, and the Ducks, and the Blackhawks, and everything else like that, you don't have a lot of leeway to run here, but you still do get a point out of this game. There was a point in the third where it looked like we we, we got to get out of here first before yeah. we can start talking about overtime, but... The process was there. I thought they played great. I thought Evan Rodriguez was fantastic. Nathan McKinnon could have had four goals in this game before the end of the second period. He was absolutely phenomenal. But the finish wasn't there. Is it going to be there? I, I hope so. We've been saying it for a long time this season. That's It's going to be there eventually. And I tweeted after the game that like once those chances start to go in, this team's going to win a lot of games. And a lot of people, I think, rightfully were pride. We've been saying that all year. I don't think they're wrong. Like, yeah, we have been saying that all year. But you do look at the process of these games. They they played great. And if they just figure out those last 10 minutes and they get, even if they don't do that, if they just get one more to go in. You don't have 40 plus saves from Casey to Smith. You win this game 4-1, we're talking about the abs are back. Yeah, without a doubt. And it was... If they just got a second goal, man, I think they win this game if they get two. I, I think the problem was is when you're talking about a Pittsburgh team who, in their own right, is battling for their playoff lives. Like This was a big game for them, too, and they looked like absolute dog shit to start that game. I mean, for the first 40 minutes, they they did not look like the caliber of the Avs. And when you let a team like that stick around, a push is eventually going to happen. They're eventually going to figure something out and win some puck battles. And that's what happened in the third period because there was – the last 10 minutes, it seemed like we just got to survive. And I think me and you were texting uh, and we were both like, this game's going to overtime. Yeah. Like, th- th- there's no doubt about it. Like this yeah. game's going to overtime. Yeah, with five minutes left, I I texted you being like, I don't like that. I'm preemptively upset about what was about to happen. Were any of us really surprised that the game yeah. got tied? And it's the Penguins. They're the captain of the fluky bounce. They, if there is a trackable stat for fluky bounces, the Penguins would be number one far and away. That's how they won two Stanley Cups, where they just get every bounce you can possibly hope for. And yeah, it wasn't a great play by Frankie, but he he that's what he does. He's an adventurous goalie. He went all out for the poke check. He missed. It's not like it went in right after that. 
Malkin still banks it off of Rust, off of Frankie, into the net. It's another pinball goal. I don't know how that puck got through Devon Taves. I, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, like maybe Frankie didn't play that perfectly. How the hell is that in the back of the net? Like It's just such a bad luck play where on top of everything else, you have played great and – like, man, that just sucks, really, because yeah, you, no. you can't get any bounce your way. You're hit, McKinnon probably hit three posts in this game alone, but Malkin just throws it to a guy off him, off a Taze, off Frankie, into the net. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? It was, it was crazy shit. Like, Devon Taves played that perfectly, and it still somehow got through him. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it sucked. Like, it was inevitable, though. You knew once they didn't score on that power play in the third period, it's like, yep, this game's going to get tied, because you knew that, the Penguins were going to get some momentum off that kill. Um, and that was kind of the theme. Like I didn't, I didn't love the way the power play executed last night, but the Penguins also have a really damn good penalty kill. Like it's a really good penalty kill, but guess what? When you get in the playoffs, every team's penalty kill gets better. Yeah. That's, that's one of my concerns with the team right now is the power play. It's just like everything else right now. You get one of those to go in regulation. You win this game. We're talking about what a great game this was from the abs. The worst one was an overtime, and I, I I know people are waiting for us to talk about the thing. I know we're gonna we're we gonna will. talk. About it. We will just give it a sec. I want to before we go on that rant. I actually want to talk about the game first. When you get to overtime, the Avs they almost gave one up right away. Frankie swipes that off the line when it's ninety nine percent of the way over, as close as you can possibly get, and eventually they get a power play. Shortly after that, the Avs do. And this one was just not good. Malkin made a just a lazy play on Kale McCarr and tripped him. And while McKinnon was great in this game, he was the best player for the Avs. I, I did not like his shot selection on this power play. I, the, I felt like the, the the slap shots were forced. They and... fell back into that hole where it's just like, it's just McKinnon and McCarr would touch the puck. Like yeah. they fell back into that hole in, on the, in overtime. Yeah. And if there's ever a time that you do actually want to slow it down, and create lanes and get open it's when you have a four on three because you you have two minutes that's almost half of the overtime you can slow it down see if you can get ranton and wide open he had one really good look just couldn't get it to go just missed it wide and right after that you didn't generate much they kind of lose the puck up in the boards it looks like they thought it went out of play the Penguins go right down they have one two three whacks at Frankie and Latang gets a fourth one and just puts it into a wide open net because Frankie's scrambling around, not really much he can do on that. And you're walking out of here with, with only one point, which was disappointing at least. I think that's a good way to put it. Like the whole game was just like, it just kind of sucked because I really liked the way the Avs played in this game. I really did. Um, if they play that way against Tampa Bay tonight, by the time you're listening to this, they're going to have a really good chance of winning that game. Um, but it was good. We did see the return of Bo Byram in this game. He looked awesome. Um, he did block oh. a shot with his foot, and that was a little concerning. You're like, no fucking way this yeah, dude's going to go out again. Well, because it's not even just that. He went down the tunnel. He was just yeah. walking it off. But it's like, you have been back for five minutes. Yeah. Like your it wasn't second. even five minutes. It was yeah. like his third shift. It's like your second or third shift. He blocks a shot with his leg, goes back to the bench uncomfortably and like limps down the tunnel. And you, you're you just like, there is no way. There's no way. It's unbelievable. And Lekkanen takes one off the foot as well. And we almost kind of forgot about those because of Kale McCarr. Yeah. 
And well, you, um, before we get to Kale McCarr, Val Nachushkin did return as well. So the abs are getting healthy. They're getting healthy. And I thought Val, he's going to take some time to get back in, but he he's such an important part of this team. Yeah. And we need his goal scoring this year. We didn't need it last year, but we need his goal scoring this year. Yeah, it's like it's like we talked about with with Evan, the the one goal at even strength that came very early in the season. Yeah, he's been out for a lot of it, but he's you're gonna need a little more from him as well. And I thought he was a, a step slow in this game. This was a rare time where I watched Val and like mm, didn't didn't love it tonight. Didn't think he was bad, but I, di- I didn't love it from Val tonight. But he's back, like you said. I think he just. He's been so in and out of the lineup that he's going to need to to get back in his rhythm first. And hopefully he can stay in the lineup for an extended period this time and really get back into his groove before the playoff starts. But we'll see where all that goes with him. But we're very lucky the Avs did get out of this game healthy because could have gone much worse with Byron. To Lekkinen. our knowledge. To our knowledge, they got out to of our knowledge. Lekkinen blocking that shot off his foot, having to go down the tunnel for a moment before coming back out for the third. And then the thing. Kale McCarr gets hit in the head by Jeff Carter. And for some reason, no penalty is called on the play. Department of Player Safety completely ignores it. They call it a collision. Kale McCarr leaves the ice. And then, coincidentally, the Penguins just so happen to start playing their best hockey of the game, where they really start to pour it on in the offensive zone. And luckily, Kale comes back, but... I don't understand this at all. I'm going to get it out of the way. I don't think Jeff Carter meant to do that. I don't think he looked at that and saw it as I'm going to take out Kale McCarr, but I don't think it matters because it checks every other box where it was the entire point of contact was the head. He got his head clean, nothing else, no body, nothing else, just right on the chin, straight to the head. And was it avoidable? Absolutely. He didn't need to do that at all. And McCarr's injured. He was blindsided by the hit. I don't think intention matters in the least bit here. It absolutely should have been a penalty. I don't know why that's not automatically a penalty. And you have the Department of Player Safety just completely ignoring it. Yeah, it was, you know, it's, um, you know, it's like a very questionable hit when even the broadcast team is like, holy cow, how is that not called? (laughs) Like Mark Bozier was legitimately angry when that happened. And uh, it was, it, it should have been a penalty. It, it should have been, in my opinion, like you can review that. I think you call that a five minute major and then you review it and then you can determine if that's a two minute or a five minute. But like you said, it meets all the criteria of what they're trying to get out of the game. And luckily, Kale McCarr passed all the concussion tests and he's appears to be okay. But still, man, like that's just, uh, it's, it's a very frustrating um, thing to have happen because. It's totally avoidable. It's totally avoidable. And and the ref saying that McCarr ran into him and it was a collision like that, that's laughable. Like, I don't know what you're looking at. And McCarr said the same thing. He's like, I don't know how that's possible. He was barreling down the ice. And even Bednar, who usually like does not comment on stuff like this, like he, he knew what he was doing. He was barreling down. He got him the whole way through with the head. And let's be honest, the reason this didn't happen, the NHL does not care about player safety they don't care about head trauma they've they've made that stance very clear over the last several years that they don't they don't even believe that cte is linked to head trauma and they 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 just don't really they don't really care about any of this stuff and they don't care about protecting their players or anything like that and if you want to get these hits out of the game make sure players are in control of their body 
I don't, I don't see why this should be any different than high sticking. You accidentally high stick someone, you're in the box. Even no if matter someone, what, even if someone hits your stick into their own face, that's still a penalty on you. Yeah. I just, I don't understand why this is any different. And if you really want to get these out of the games, punish ones like this, where it's your, I think Jeff Carter was reckless on this play. I don't think there was intent to injure, but at best case scenario, he was reckless. That's still suspendable. You know, you, you drive a car and you crash it recklessly. You don't mean to do that. It's still illegal. You can't do that. You can't drive recklessly. I just don't understand why we hold it to such a different standard and why the NHL tiptoes so much around head contact and tries to downplay it all the time. You got to get this stuff out. That's the kind of thing that it just can't happen to Kale McCarr. Like, yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's. The frustrating part is we'll see that happen probably three or four more times this year, and I guarantee you every single time it'll be a penalty. Guarantee it. So it's just one of those moments where you talk about officiating needs to be more consistent, and it needs to be – I think those officials don't sometimes know what to do in those types of situations because you just have no idea what I what know. to call. I don't know. It seems like the official was very much on the same page as Department of Player Safety. He's like, this is a collision. What are you going to do? He flinched. He watched it, and he flinched. He saw it happen. He chose to ignore it. It's, he didn't miss it. He saw it, watched it, and was like, yep, fine, because the league has told me that is okay. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's one of those things where, like, I think everyone agreed. Like, it's very rare on Twitter that everyone agrees on something. Like, you even had Pittsburgh fans being like, yeah, that, that we got kind of well, I, on I think one. Pittsburgh fans are agreeing because they don't want Jeff Carter in the lineup. Yeah. Because he's not exactly been very good. If that if that was Malkin, I think they would have been singing a very different tune. Yeah, Maybe. But it's a very rare moment where all of Twitter is kind of like, yeah, that probably should have been a penalty. <laughs> like, um, It's just one of those things I, I don't get. And it's another one of those things, too, where it's like, you remember like, remember the discussion we had about Kemper losing his mask and the Lightning being able to score a goal? Like, we're just going to let a goaltender play without a mask? Like, this isn't 1920 anymore. Like, what, what are we doing here? Because, like, it doesn't matter if Kemper takes a puck to the face. He could have taken a stick to the face in that situation. He was in the butterfly. Like, he was sp- sprawled out. All it takes is one guy just fucking going in there. Um, so it's just one of those things where it's like, I love the NHL. I love hockey. Um, and they've done a better job, I feel like, cleaning up the game. But letting these type of things happen is... Um, discouraging because it's such a preventable thing. And I completely agree with you. Jeff Carter was not, I don't think he was lining up kill McCarr there. Like, I just don't think he is. Um, And it was a reckless play. I, I do want to get your thoughts. I don't know how I feel about the fact that no abs responded to it. I think, I mean, I think a lot of them just didn't see it. And at that point in the game, it's one nothing. Are you going to risk going after Jeff Carter and putting your team on the penalty kill and being the reason why your team has this game end up being tied? There's time and place for all that and everything. And obviously you want to stand up for your guys, but I don't know, like what Curtis McDermott's not on the ice there. And Curtis, yeah. McDermott, even if he's on the ice again, I don't think it prevents something like that. I don't think that's what Jeff Carter's intention was. And I don't think Jeff Carter would fight Curtis McDermott. No, like Curtis, Curtis McDermott would pick him up and throw him over the glass. I yeah. think everybody knows that as well. If this was the first period, I don't think Jeff Carter would have finished this game without some kind of response, but there's 10 minutes left in the game. But also after this point, Kale McCarr goes out and it almost feels like the Avs are the ones being punished here. 
because now their best defenseman is out. Arguably the best defenseman in the NHL is now out of the lineup. And now here come the Penguins. The Avalanche, they fail on a power play. And then the Penguins are just roaring on down. They felt like they had the puck in the offensive zone for the entirety of the last 10 minutes. And it would have been very helpful to have Kale in the lineup. Yeah, they they went from like being like 15 shots down to like I think they finished the game only being like five shots behind the Avs. Like it was crazy. Um, But it was inevitable. I mean, it's it's just one of those things that uh, this year's kind of felt like, damn, we're just this close. Like we're this close to being the same team we were last year, and we're just this close away from being that again. Um, I, and maybe I, that's just me being cautiously optimistic because I think they can get back to that point. Well, you see, I, I I have a thought on that. Is that this is not the team from last year? You're no. missing a lot of important guys. You haven't had Gabe all season. You ha- you don't have Nazem Kadri. You don't have Andre Burakovsky. You don't have Darcy Kemper. You don't have a lot of important pieces from this team. You don't have Nico Sturm, Nicholas Albeck-Hubel, like guys that maybe weren't super huge, but important depth pieces. I think this team has to figure out what it is because I still feel like they're trying to be last year when they should just be the abs and not try to hold themselves to this impossible standard of the juggernaut abs that lost four playoff games. Yeah, It's not going to happen this time. You're not going to be the second best team in the NHL. It's already too late for that. I think this team, one of the more important things for the end of the season is going to be finding their identity and what that's going to be going into the playoffs. Cause they're pretty close to last year's team, but they're not, they haven't been last year's team all season. This isn't the first 20 games anymore. Yeah. They've been hurt for a lot of that, but I think they need to figure out another identity than just, we need to be this again, just be the best version of this team, which I still think is good enough to win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but that game sucked against Pittsburgh. I think the process is there. I really like the way they came out of that break and they played well. You go into Tampa tonight. This is the matchup we've all been waiting for. Um, it's a shame we had to wait till February. We talked about that in the last episode that this is dumb. Um, but what are your thoughts on this game? Tampa Bay obviously coming up back-to-back losses. They've lost to the Panthers 7-1. to and then they lost to the Sharks last night, if I'm not mistaken, right? In overtime. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Sharks yeah. at home and lost that game 4-3. to So this is a very good game on paper. We have to wait and see a morning skate of these Avs players who took a couple bad, like not, not bad hits. Like if Kale McCarr's out, that changes the complexion of this game. If Arturi Lekkinen's out, it changes the complexion of this game. If Bo Byram's out, it changes the complexion of this game. But we're going to imagine that the Avs are as healthy as they can be. Um, I think the abs can win this game. I absolutely think they can. Uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think both teams are going to treat this like a playoff game and kind of be a little hesitant. Um, I think Nathan McKinnon's going to have another big game. I think Miko Ranton has been relatively quiet this past week. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, and I think the abs win this one. I really do. I, I think it's two, one in regulation. I think they get a late goal from Ranton in with like three minutes left and then they just kind of lock it down. Yeah. And Tam- this is might be a pretty decent time to be playing the lightning or it could be the worst time to be playing. The right. Lightning. They have really stumbled out of the break. They got crushed by Panthers seven to one and a, a really bad loss last night against the sharks where they blew that three, one lead at home. You're either going to get a Tampa team that is going downhill or a Tampa team that is bouncing back from yep. performances like that. 
And I agree. I think the Avs are going to win this game. I think it's going to be really tough because this is going to be a game that the Lightning are up for. They, oh, they, yeah. they definitely took the Sharks lightly. And much like the Avs did against the Ducks a couple of weeks ago, that came back to bite them. This is going to be a really good game. If the Avs play like they did in the first 50 minutes against Pittsburgh, they will win this game. They'll win any game playing like that. I have no doubt about that in my mind. I think they're going to win this one three to two. My biggest thing, third period. Even if you're up three nothing in this game, third period, finish this one out. And just for the love of God, when you have a scoring chance, someone bury it, please, please. Yeah, because we know Andre Vasilevsky is going to make some big saves. It's just it's Vasilevsky. Like you're going to have to beat him with perfect shots. Um, and really, I need Val to get in front of the net. I need Val to cause some screens, cause some havoc. Um, and I just don't think there's going to be three goals scored in this game by a team. I think it's going to be really low scoring. I really do. Um, I'd say three to two is pretty low scoring. That'll, yeah, that'll, that'll hit. That'll hit most unders. Yeah, true. I, I I still just think this one's going to be a big time under. Uh, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think Georgiev's going to have a fan. Like if we've learned anything about Augs Georgiev, when the lights are on and they're shining bright, Georgiev shows up. Like he's rock solid in those situations. So we'll, we'll see how Georgiev responds after a pretty decent break. I think yeah. I think he'll be fine, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's going to be a great game. I think the Abs win. Um, and. It's going to be tough. This is going to be a really fun game. Um, I think there's obviously some bad blood between these two teams. Tampa, we ended their streak. The Avs are top dogs as it stands right now. So it's going to be tight. I think the Avs get this done, man. I love the way they played in that Pittsburgh game. I really did. They got a little snake bitten. Casey Smith was good. That game could have easily been a 5-1 Avs win. It could have been. But that's just the nature of hockey sometimes. I think they're going to continue that. I think they have a big game. I think Bo Byram shines in this game. I really do. Um, and we see we see just the Avs have a rock-solid game, a full 60 minutes, and they win this game. Yeah. I mean, both teams, they're going to be up for this game. I think this is going to end up probably being one of the more entertaining games of the season and with Bo. I mean, we saw what Bo did when the lights were on, game six against Tampa, my favorite game to bring up, wonder why. But with Bo, he's – he proved in Pittsburgh that this team is much better with him in the lineup. We didn't even talk about it. He picked up the primary point on the, the McKinnon goal in the second period. And he was just phenomenal defensively all night. He's going to be a big part of this game. I hope he ends up even scoring a goal. That'd be very nice for him too. I think the abs win this game three to two. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really close. It's going to be really tense. And then five days later, you're going to be seeing the lightning again. Something from this game is going to pick up, and carry over to that game in Colorado five days later. These two teams, they learned they do not like each other in the no. Stanley Cup final, and those wounds have been festering for the last couple of months with no chance of retribution from the Lightning. And the Avs, I think this is a really big test for them. Again, the Lightning are always going to end up being a test. And Pittsburgh, you played really well. You, you couldn't get that insurance goal, and you couldn't finish it off. Now against the Lightning, this has been – this has been the the marker for every single team to measure themselves against. If you can find a way to knock them off in Tampa and then at least pick up at something on this road trip, you already got one point. You can go into Florida one Oh and one at that point, and hopefully finish off with a point on every game in this road trip. I would certainly hope so. Yep. I, I think it's going to be a real good one. If you can get five or six on this road trip, you're feeling great. Yeah. Feeling great. So, um, I think that Tampa Bay is going to be good. There is a potential massive letdown spot against the Panthers that, on Saturday. 
But I think the fact that we already lost them once this year uh, is going to be helpful. I think this game's going to go completely opposite. We got to talk about this one too because we won't record till uh, Sunday night. Um, I think this game's going to be high scoring. I think the Avs win like 5 3, 5 4. Um, the Panthers came out of the break. They're, they're looking better. They're pushing for a playoff spot. Um, I think this is going to be a good game, but I think the Avs feel a little bit of vengeance and for how bad they played against them earlier in this year. Uh, I think they're going to come out and uh, win that game. I think it's going to be high scoring, though. I really do. I would agree with that. I mean, you talk about a letdown spot. If you're having any letdown spots in this month of February, you're you're going to be in for a real bad time. Oh, yeah. All these games are going to be tough. And much like the Penguins, Panthers are desperate. They're even more desperate than the Penguins. They're the team that's out of the race right now. They're a team they have to jump over multiple teams to even get in. And I agree. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, we talk about the Panthers. They have 185 goals this season. They're fourth in the league in goal scoring. They're only seven goals behind Boston and Edmonton for first place. This is a high-scoring team. They just have trouble keeping it out of their net, uh, given they have given up 184 goals so far this season. That's also very much towards the top of the league. It all comes down to the Panthers with with goaltending because they played really great in their one return game against the Lightning where they they smoked them 7-1. This is a dangerous team, but Sergei Bobrovsky is he makes a lot of money for a guy who doesn't make a lot of saves. And Alex Lyon, I believe, got sent down again, so we're probably not going to end up seeing him in this game. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game for the opposite reasons of the Penguins game and what we expect the Lightning game is going to be. I agree it's going to be high scoring, but I think the abs are going to, they're going to take care of business in this one. I'm going to, I'm going to say they, I'm going to, I'm going to add another one on there. I'm going to say they went big six to two in this game with an empty. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Dude, have you looked at Saturday schedule? Is it hockey day in Canada on Saturday? I've been trying to, I'm trying to find the schedule. NHL.com, just like everything else in this league does not work ever, but. Saturday is going to be a banger day of hockey. Like it is going to be awesome. Well, there I are think, three games starting at 10 a.m. my time. They're front they're front loading it for the Super Bowl, obviously. But are they oh no, well yeah, because it's Saturday. And then on Sunday they're only playing games up until 3 p.m. And yeah. They're all, they're all they're games. They're definitely games. I mean, the Flames Sabres is gonna kick ass. The Senators, Oilers could be a good game. Dallas, Tampa, eh. Washington, Boston, that's gonna be awesome. Carolina, New York, Rangers, that's going to be great. Devils, wild. I mean, that's, that's a banger of a day. And the abs play that day, too. Like, this is going to be a good day of hockey. And, like, what am I looking at here? Are these staggered start times? Even yeah. just a little bit? You have a game start at 6 and then other games that start at 7? I don't know why they don't do this more. But, like, you have a game that starts at 12, then you have three that start at 12.30. You know, they were so close yeah. actually getting this right. Why doesn't the NHL do that? staggered start times so they I don't, don't know. eat games going on at the exact same time it, it's much like everything else in this league it's too simple so they'd rather just not do it at all it's too complicated <laughs> it's too hard too hard but I, I i don't hate it i think it's gonna be a good to be a good day it has to be hockey day in canada has to be it probably is it's also it's the day before the super bowl so everyone is there's not going to be anything going on that day so this is the one time the nhl is actually trying to appeal avoid football yeah Sunday's got some good games. No, no, Sunday does not have good no, games. No, they really, they really no, don't. No. I, mean, I saw Washington and Vegas, and I was like, oh, they put, and then it's Washington versus San Jose and the yeah. Ducks and Knights. The yeah, that's going to be the best game that day is Edmonton, Montreal, which says a lot. Montreal's going to win that game. I bet they will. I'll put money on it, too. <laughs> but 
overall, uh, abs disappointing. Um, I think they bounce back with two wins to end this week and end this road trip, getting five or six. Um, and then you come home, have a couple games and, uh, just kind of go from there. But, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a pretty solid episode we had there. That's the first guest we've had in a while. So we were a little rusty in that, but no, while you probably, you'll probably heard it. It took a, I'm not, I'm not a natural interviewer. So it definitely took a, a minute to really warm back up into that role again. But yeah, it's definitely been a while. I've been slacking on, on the guests recently, just well. I was pretty busy. We have life. We, we, was, we have I jobs was, outside of this. <laughs> I was justifiably pretty busy the last couple of months. I, th- I think the last guest we did have on was was Raj, and that was before the season even started. Yep. So I agree. Our first in-season uh, guest of this, this season so far. But was, thanks again for, to Evan for coming on. And just to finish up on the Penguins game, you, you can't be mad at the process of this game. They they played really well, but they they just couldn't finish it off at the end of the day they they got a hell of a chance to get it back against tampa because if you if you can pull that win off and really really stick it to them again on their home ice on espn then you're you're still feeling pretty good about this team especially if you do the same against florida all of a sudden you're walking out of your five or six points but you got to do that first we'll see how this team really is stacking up after this break yeah agreed i i think they're going to come out i think they're going to win tonight against the uh against the lightning and we're we're gonna see a good effort so, oh, before we go, make sure you watch. Uh, it's funny how this show works. Uh, the Avs Championship video is coming out. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it's already out. Um, so I want credit. Uh, we, we want credit as a show for making the NHL do that because uh, I don't find it as a strange coincidence that we rant about it on the show and then two days later it gets announced. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you've been all over Twitter for this for the last yeah. several weeks, and we talk about it on the show, and all of a sudden the NHL is like, fine. You don't get the DVD, but it's on ESPN. Plus. ESPN Plus, the best. People in Canada can't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, can't even watch it. We're, we took we took the team out of Canada too, so you don't get shit up there. Yeah, no, I, I, it's either we are like the good luck charms when it comes to something like that, or we're just so dumb that we couldn't read the like the tea leaves that it was like you idiots, you knew this was coming. But I'm gonna go with the latter that uh, that we get credit for this abs. Like they put it together, they heard our show. Someone at NHL heard our show. And they're like, you know what? Let's throw something together real quick. I'm going to laugh so hard if it's just like that 30-minute video that they put together earlier this year. I'm going to laugh so fucking hard. You think they just forgot? Oh, 100%. You think they heard us or are like, oh, shit. We haven't done that, man. Oh, shit. We haven't released that yet. It's just like, been oh, yeah. chilling in the queue. We, we usually do that, don't we? Huh. <laughs> Someone, someone, fire up the MacBook and hit yeah. clip a couple of times in iMovie. We can get this out in a couple of days, probably. <laughs> oh, but yeah, make sure you watch it. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be awesome. I wish you could buy it, but I mean, you buy it with ESPN Plus. So you buy it with ESPN Plus. I mean, for for all the crap we give ESPN Plus, they there are good stuff to watch on there sometimes. For as much as okay. I am blacked out of games, there is still a lot of things that you can end up watching on ESPN yeah. Plus. And if you if you're like us and you're watch every game anyway it's already there it's basically free right. at that point you don't have to buy something separate which i suppose is convenient but there's there's something about the disc though right like having the championship disc not just in the case and displaying it yeah, yeah like championship streaming service just doesn't have the same roll off the tongue feel does it agreed agreed so make sure you watch it make sure you listen to the interview with evan make sure you listen to this episode make sure you're subscribed to colorado hockey now um evan's putting out great stuff we can't say enough good things about it um 
but yeah, thanks again to Evan for coming on. And uh, I think we're good to wrap this one up. Yeah, I think we're good to wrap this one up here again. Thank you so much to Evan for joining us for this episode and making us and our listeners smarter than we already are, because God knows we're not doing that. So again, thanks to Evan for coming on. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. And you can follow the show at Teledabs It Is. But again, thank you so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.